I want to know, have you ever seen the rain? I want to know, have you ever seen the rain coming down a sunny day? Uh, that's a song called Have You Ever Seen the Rain by Credence Clearwater Revival from their 1970 album Pendulum. Um, I thought that was an appropriate song for today, especially all those Eagles fans out there who are suffering today, heartbreaking loss. Um, sometimes you... You know, you see rain, not always sunny skies, and you have to deal with rain in your life. You have to deal with these little storms. Um, and this song is kind of like a positive, uh, uplifting song. Um, it's not necessarily asking, have you ever seen the rain, just for the heck of it. Um, it's it's one of those songs that, like, you know, we've all seen the rain. We've all dealt with things. Um, and then there's going to be a sunny days, and there's going to be rainy days. And it's just a catchy tune. Uh, John, the Fogarty brothers were in Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, unfortunately, they broke up way too soon. I think around 1974 they broke up or something. I'm not sure. But um, great song. Came on my playlist and I was thinking, okay, this song, um, I got to choose some older songs. This is some blues, southern rock, uh, which I wanted to you know, use some diversity with my song choices. And this song is really uh, I vibe with today. So I chose this song. And uh, Joe, you're an Eagles fan. And uh, what do you think about the song, man? Uh I think it's appropriate. I think it's it's appropriate for the reasons you just stated, and I also think that um, you know I, I really think, and I'm going to say this quickly. We'll do sports later, but look, we took it on the chin. We 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 took it square on the chin. And when you're a sports fan, you know that this happens sometimes. Uh, these lyrics that you're talking about, have you one? I I don't know which lyric it is, but I, maybe the last one. Um, he says, um, "Have you ever seen the rain coming down on a sunny day?" Yep. Have you ever seen the rain, it raining on a sunny day? I've seen yeah. it raining on one side of the street and on the other side of the street, literally it was sunny. So, I mean, uh, negative and positive can coexist, Sean. So I think, yes, it hurt. It hurt bad yesterday. Um, but at the end of the day, I like where this franchise is. This, this quarterback, I'm so proud of this quarterback. I told you uh, uh, at last summer, I said, man, I don't even think this guy's the real deal. And, and anyone that says they saw this progression coming from him is nuts. He made a 180 turn. And this kid, I wanted him to prove it to me. And I think when he could step into a Super Bowl and play just as well as that other guy, and that other guy's going to the Hall of Fame, he could play just as well as him. And, and he's a young kid. And we got a lot of talent on this ball club and we're young. I can't help but feeling like that's the sunny side of the day. The rain was yesterday. They got us. They got us. But you know what? I'm proud of my football team. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's a yin and yang. Um, sometimes, like you said, sometimes it's raining outside, even though it's sunny outside. And there could yep. be a rainbow outside, too. You see all these beautiful things, but there's some rain. Um, so you deal with the rain. And then you also have the positive things to appreciate. So, you know, it's not the rain is not so bad when you have some positive things like some sunlight in combination with it so yeah exactly good choice um, yeah i like the song uh anybody out there uh credence clearwater revival have oh they're great they're a great they're a great band dude but so go ahead i'm sorry yeah they're awesome yep um as far as the super bowl goes we're going to talk about uh we're going to get more detailed in our sports wrap-up but joe what was like your initial um thoughts after the game and just let's talk about real quick that that holding call that was atrocious yeah i mean um my first thought after the game 
you know, was, and we'll get deeper into this, but my first thought after the game was, oh, that mother effer, he, I can't believe he did what he did. Because here's the thing, Sean, here's the thing. There was no holding, there were no holding calls during the entire game, not on the offensive line, not on the defense, not on anybody, not on linebackers. There, there, were, there were no holding calls on, on anybody the entire game. Line calls, back calls, defensive back calls, none. So they were letting them play. They were letting them, and that's all you want from a referee, an umpire, or something like that. So you want is consistency. So Mayberry was under the impression, okay, this is how we're going to play today. And I saw what you saw was, okay, if you want to get really technical, you could you could say that was an infraction, but all day long, we're not playing technical. All day long, you're letting me play. And what he did was not so bad as to even take a step away from that receiver. That receiver, when the ball went over his head, he just went out of bounds and walked back. He, it, normally, their hands are up. And why didn't you? He didn't say a word. <clears throat> we all saw it. We all saw it. And, and really, it is the difference in the ball because here's what happens. And we all know football. It's third and eight. They let the, if he lets them play like they've been playing, there's no call. They kick a field goal. They go up three. We have a minute and 52 seconds to go. I guess from the, we would start at the 25 and we'd only have to get to about the 25. So you're talking about 50 yards for this ball club and this quarterback and these receivers right here, right now, a minute 52 with a timeout. I think, I, I think it's a fair to assume that they're going to get in field goal range and they might mess around and win the game. I really, 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 truly believe that. And it's not outrageous to believe that the way they were moving the ball. I always said to someone last night, I said, you know, whoever has got the ball last is going to win this damn game. And I thought, okay, it's going to be, I've got a minute 52. We got Jalen. They can't stop us. We can't stop them, but we got a minute 52. It's perfect amount of time. We got a timeout. We're going to go down there and mess around and tie this thing up or break somebody free and just win this thing. And never got the chance. We never got the chance. Oh. Now, if he if he would have mauled him, I'd have said, "Hey, he mauled him. What can you?" He didn't. It didn't even throw him out of step. So it, it's a shame. And in in, in 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 layman's terms, it was a bullshit call. And I said to you, go back and check the tape, Sean. I got. I said to you last Friday when we did this, I said, I just hope it's not close down the stretch because I'm just wondering which which horseshit call they're going to make to make for Patrick and Andy. And they're going to let the, I'm, I'm telling you, I said it, go back and listen. It's predictable. And that's what it is. They're very well liked. And if they weren't so well liked, I don't know if that official makes that call. And right now we're talking about a whole different thing about the Eagles, but it's okay. It's okay. We're young. We're strong. We're going to be back. Uh, yeah. Good. Good that you're positive. Cause a lot of Eagles fans are like burning, you know, they would burn down the city anyway. I don't know. I got to find some footage or what, because before no, the game, I'm very proud over, of them. They were flipping over cars before the game, but that's you know that happens a lot. In I didn't see that anywhere. What I did see on the news last night is how well behaved everyone was and how well we were taking it. I didn't okay. see any stories like that. Yeah, because it was before the game. They started flipping over cars before the game, but that's just you know certain. Are you sure? I would check your yeah. source of information. I saw, I don't know. I saw is that a Fox News story or no. something? No, this okay. is actually. I first I saw a tweet from Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Oh, jeez. Um, but he just he literally just he's pulled a video that was, I never heard of the guy, but you're, you were using him like he's uh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so but no, no, this is these are trusted uh videos. This happened, they're 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 tipping over cars before the game, they're hyped up, I think. 
Um, well, when you say they, I, I guess so. Maybe there were a couple of strap, you know, a couple of who knows, Sean. But I mean, as in the city, the people in the city and the, the people in the local news last night were commending everybody for just good behavior. You know, yeah, we were just heartbroken. It's, it's, it's and awesome that they didn't, you know, after the game, they didn't go wild. We didn't. It sounds like they're behaved. But um, yeah, so um, that was a disappointing ending. Uh, as a neutral fan, I was just like, that really sucks. And you have to, if you have any sorts of empathy for football teams and what they go through each year to get to that promised land, um, horrible ending. And it it wasn't like, you know, like you said, there was like no holding calls the whole game, but then the the ball was basically uncatchable. Even if if we never even, you know, laid a finger on the guy, he wouldn't have caught it anyway. Right. That was the whole thing. These refs have to be aware of like, okay, that ball wasn't catchable. And he, how long did he hold him up for? He basically put his hands on him briefly. And then very briefly. and you're allowed to do that within like the first five yards. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to. Yeah. So I don't know what to think, except that I was, I was very unimpressed with how the, you want to say it was classy that Sirianni and the Eagles players and Bradbury to like not blame the refs after and not get fined. You want to say it's classy fine, but I thought it was BS. I thought they should have been angry. I thought Sirianni, I thought they should have been like, you know, yeah, we had a lot of chances to win. Um, and that should have came down to that play. However, that was a horrible call. They didn't do that. They're just like, oh, we just had, pl- we had plenty of chances. Bradbury said, uh, you know, it was holding. Uh, Sirianni said, you know, the standard generic answer, the politically correct answer. I was disappointed at that. I want to see some dead honesty because behind closed doors, they're probably like, what? Oh, happened? I saw Bradbury, Sean. I saw Bradbury and he did say he's, they asked him and see, and he was choosing his words correctly because whether he's going to be here or with another team, he's got to make a living in this league. So he's got to watch what he says about these guys. But he, they asked him and it, was it holding? And he hesitated. He's like, well, um, you, you know, I, I tugged on his shirt. I, I guess that's holding that kind of a thing. My, my take from bad Bradbury was like, well, yeah, I kind of tugged the shirt a little, but WTF that that's kind of what I got from, cause they asked, they asked Bradbury, do they normally make that call? And he said very, very, and he very gently, and he selected his words carefully, but he goes, you know, in the playoffs, I I've kind of seen them like sometimes let that go. That's what he said publicly. Now, what he said privately, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what he said privately, but he's like, it was like, technically that was holding, but WTF, dude, WTF, man. That's that's the call. There's no holding calls all game long, and that's the one that's going to make you make you whistle, throw a flag. There's no way, guy. There's no way. It, there's just no way, Sean. And I'm telling you, when you're in a, those officials knew. They knew. If I'm an official there, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to call something, it better be flagrant. I'm not going to call some ticky-tack bullshit because this is going to cost the Eagles the game if I call a penalty here. So I'm not going to let them get away with murder, but I'm not going to call any ticky-tack bullshit. He called ticky-tack bullshit. If you look up ticky-tack bullshit in the dictionary, there's a film of that play. But go ahead. Yeah, and they they really did uh, rob the fans of uh, another Super Bowl magical ending, or at least the possibility of it. Because you know it's going to go down in history. Oh, he hit a last second field goal to win the Super Bowl fifty seven for the Chiefs. It's like no, you didn't. You basically hit an extra point that was uh, that was asterisk one year the game. Because what should have happened is he would have made the field goal. Eagles would have got the ball back, like you said. And the fans would have been treated to a very exciting, dramatic ending, and we never got it. And that's because those those zebras and that those black and white pinstripe, those those uniforms with those cheesy hats and that cheesy outfit, they decide to meddle into the Super Bowl. And I am appalled, shocked, 
totally offended, angry, and uh, I feel for you, brother. It sucks. Thanks, man. And you know what, Sean? If he mauled him, I'd say, you know what, dude, Bradbury's got to know better. He's got to know. He, what he did, I would tell him to do that every freaking time. I'd say, I'd say, Bradbury, don't change a goddamn thing. Because you know as well as I do, they've been letting you do that all game long. So it was just one of these things where, um, look, it, it is what it is. I give all the respect in the world to Andy Reid. He came out in the second half and he came out with a, uh, he saw something and that offense was completely different than it was in the first half. They got our ass. We'll, talk, def- we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get into it later, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But uh, all in all, this, the future's looking so bright, man. We got to wear shades yeah. here because we got a great <laughs> young quarterback. Let's get into uh, the Rihanna halftime show. Uh, my thoughts are didn't know she was pregnant. Was wondering why she wasn't like showing any skin and wearing some nice outfits that the guys can really, you know, look at her and appreciate her beauty. Um, and what she wasn't dancing and moving a lot. And those are red flags. It's like, okay, then we found out after the game, she's pregnant. So <laughs> it's cool and historic that she that she performed while she was pregnant, because I don't think it's ever happened before. However, we were robbed of like her full potential. Like, you know, because she she could really dance, she can move, she can uh she can do a lot of things, and you know. It was just very, I respected his positives. Like she didn't have a band out on stage with her, taking away the attention. It was all about her and all shining on her. Um, the dancers were just out there. I thought the special effects were phenomenal. She was very high up in the air. Um, it looked very cool from a visual standpoint. She chose like all her big songs. Um, so that was cool. Um, but it was just like, you know, kind of leth- obviously now looking back, you know, she was pregnant. It was just a, more of a lethargic performance. Um, you know, there wasn't you didn't get to see a lot of uh, her really doing her you know, showcasing all her talent. Um, but she did. She did play a song that I really like. Um, Where have you been? I was surprised she plays. Where have you been? That's one of my favorite songs that she plays. But, you know, she played a lot of her big hits and. I don't know. This I think the, the reaction is mixed. Everyone always says they're lip syncing, and yeah, they're partially lip syncing. There's a track playing in the background, but she, I'm pretty sure she was singing at least some. But that's kind of a standard operating procedure when you're a big stadium like that during a Super Bowl halftime, where things can't really go wrong and they shouldn't go wrong. Um, but what did you think about the halftime performance, Joe? I kind of thought this. I mean, I. It didn't take me long to figure out she was pregnant, guy. I mean, I could see right. I mean, I remember Rihanna as being, I mean, knocked out. I mean, now the shit, it's been a long time since I've even seen a picture of her or whatever. She, I don't know, you know, I remember her as being in like a banging body, but I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, she just, she picked up, wait a minute. She more than picked up some weight. Okay. She messed around and got pregnant here. She's going to, I could see that right away. It was no, I didn't need. Well, the thing was, know. I, I she, she just had a baby in May of 2022. So I was thinking, okay, she still has some like baby pregnancy fat on her. You know, oh, I see. So that was my thing. I didn't know she was pregnant again though. Okay, you thought she was still swollen from the pain. Okay, no, I looked at her. I thought, oh, she messed around and got pregnant again. Okay, and this and that. And I thought for for being pregnant, she's doing a pretty good job here. And honestly, showing, I don't know. I remember how cute and adorable and sexy this girl was. I don't know of any song that she did. I, I don't follow the, you know, I don't, I really don't. I, maybe if I heard it, I go, oh, I didn't know she does that. Because it's just not my kind of music. I am eclectic. And I think there was one song that she does, something about you made me feel like I'm the only girl in the world yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I like that song. I just like that song. I think it's it's really well done. I like the way she sings it. But other than that, I couldn't tell you a, a song that she did. But, um, you know, I, it's just not my whole, you know, 
like like the other one, like um, Beyonce. I I don't I I think there was one where she says uh oh uh oh I think that's about the only song I know that she does. It's not my it's not my uh, if I do like hip hop or whatever it's it's with a little bit of more um little bit of more uh, force a little you know yeah. you know so you know, I my, think she yeah go ahead she uh she played twelve songs you know not to, not the full songs obviously um but I'm very surprised she didn't play Disturbia. And I thought it was a big miss that she played Run This Town and she didn't have Jay-Z come out and play because Jay-Z would have brought a ton of energy. If Jay-Z came out and you know started singing on Run This Town, that would have been great. Yeah. So I think that was a miss. Not having Jay-Z out there, cameo for Run This Town, uh, not playing Disturbia. Um, and then opening up with that song, it's called Be, you know, it's called Bitch Better Have My Money. Um, opening up with that song was kind of like, you know, we want to open up with a banger, right? That song's okay, but you know, I mean, Joe, again, like you're listening to this, like I'm talking, like I'm an alien talking, like you don't know, because yeah, you know, I, I, you don't listen to a ton of Rihanna, but I, I know like Rihanna, all her, like, I'm like a big fan of Rihanna. So um, I was just like, man, this is a little bit, but I, you know, I digress. And I thought the whole, you know, the presentation was good. Like, you know, the special effects, the visuals were cool, um, but just kind of a letdown in a lot of different regards though. Oh yeah. I don't think it met up with all the hype. I, no. I you know, it didn't meet the hype. No. Um. As far as Nick Sirianni crying in the national anthem, I thought that was very cool that Nick Sirianni is shedding tears. He was so moved to be in. He's, you know, he's such a young guy and he's a coach. He never thought he'd be a head coach. He's a head coach. Yeah. Um, he never thought he'd be in the Super Bowl. He's in the Super Bowl. Maybe he thought these things. Maybe he manifested them, obviously. But what I'm saying is he appreciated the moment. He's like, this is amazing. And he, he couldn't help but hold that, you know, the cry. His tears were just flowing. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, too. You put yourself in his shoes and you're standing there and you're saying, dude, I'm, I'm coaching in the Super Bowl. I'm a head coach in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, that that's got to that's got to, you know, and just the way they they did the song too and everything. It's an emotional moment anytime. Even for us sitting here watching it. It's you can see it on the players too. It's an emotional moment because you think about, you know, you think about a lot of things during that, you know. So, I mean, they think of things, we think of things that could, but he was probably and he said that he's, you know, you think of the times all your life, how, how you got there and the people that helped you and, and so forth. And to think I'm coaching a pro team in the biggest sporting event on the planet. I'm, I'm coaching in the Super Bowl. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, as far as the uh, commercials go, I left unimpressed with the commercials. I was like, eh. Nothing really made me laugh. I thought the best ones was the Dave Grohl Crown Royal one because I'm a big Dave Grohl Foo Fighters fan. But just without, you know, I just thought it was a good good idea with the Canada thing. Um, famous things from Canada that we didn't know. I didn't even know football football was created in Canada. Apparently, American football. But that was a good one. I like the Dunkin' Donuts one with Ben Affleck and J Lo. I thought that was clever. I thought I like that one. It's not really an original idea. They they have like videos online of like these famous people who show up at like fast food places and surprise people. But to use it in a commercial, I thought that was pretty unique and cool. Um, so those two are like my top two commercials. What about you, Joe? Do you have any commercials that really like stood out to you? Do you watch the commercials? I didn't really pay much attention to them. I, I think because I was so, I was, I was just so, I was aggravated for much, much of the the second half. And even in the first half, I was just kind of such in high, it was just in football mode. And 
you know, you run to the men's room or you go here, you go there. I just didn't pay much attention to the commercials. And I guess the ones that I did watch, I mean, sometimes you watch your TV, you're looking at your TV screen, but you're thinking about something else like, geez, I bet I hope they run this play or do that. You know, that kind of a thing. I didn't pay much attention to it, but in listening to you, I guess it's because they didn't capture my attention because they weren't really creative enough as yeah. usual. You know, I mean, yeah, usually I mean, you were locked in as your team was playing. So it's understood. I also thought the, yeah. the Sylvester Stallone Paramount commercial was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it was like I, a, yeah. There was like a Sylvester Stallone uh, mountain. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. Then they had like Beavis and Butthead in the commercial. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure it was a Paramount plus commercial. So they had all people who were on their network. He's, Stallone's in Tulsa King, so I thought that was pretty cool. I that, that's not a new concept though for these. Like I think a couple years ago they had like a commercial. Um, I don't remember, but it was like a bunch of like big names from like these movies that this network has. They used them all in the commercial, showcasing the network. I thought that was pretty interesting. But now I'm thinking about it, I don't think the Paramount commercial had a had a Kevin Costner from Yellowstone and Yellowstone's on Paramount. But I think this commercial was more promoting Paramount Plus, and Yellowstone's actually not on Paramount Plus, so maybe that's why. Um, anyway, yeah, the commercials were eh, eh, not nothing yeah. really. They have a full year to, to plan these commercials out, and they have a lot of creative people. I'm always shocked at like how they don't really all, at least like 50 percent of the commercials should be at least entertaining. They try to be clever. But uh, they use a little, a lot of big celebrities. Maybe that's part of the problem is they're they're so focused on using big celebrities to get a lot of pop and a lot of uh, a lot of reaction that they're, they're they get lazy on the creative on the end. Yeah, the stars will carry the commercial on their own. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I said, two of my favorite ones had big stars in them: Dave Grohl and Ben Affleck. So maybe I'm wrong, but it was just a lot of celebrity-driven ones and. More so in the past. Then there was this one for an NFT. And if you scan the QR code, you could make, you know, you could get a free NFT. I missed on that. I tried to get it because I took time following the instructions. You had to retweet it and and follow the guy and like the tweet. I, I did all that before I actually clicked the link to get this stupid NFT. Uh, so I missed on that. But a couple of friends of mine made some money. Like so a couple of friends of mine sold it right away for like $900. So they made some money doing that, being quick on the trigger there. What's um, an NFT? So what's NFT? Um, that was a Super Bowl. That's really the things I can think of now in terms of you know the game and the commercials and the anthem and the halftime show. But later in the show, we're actually gonna talk about the actual game. Okay. Yeah, and maybe I'll 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 try the regular Eggland's best eggs, but uh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, the pre-made ones I'm just not feeling right now, you know. Yeah, that's all right. Uh then I figure out the mystery of the uh the Walmart Glade issue. So all the Glade that were 98 cents a piece disappeared from the Walmart shelves. And I was curious as to why. And recently I went back to Walmart and um, the uh, the Glades were back, but now they're like the same price as they are at Target. They're like three bucks a piece. They went from 98 cents to like three bucks a piece. So they had like this new version of Glade. It's like a different type of scent or it's a different, it's longer lasting, whatever BS they came up with. But, you know, I think the old ones are perfectly fine. The 98 cent ones. So just, I'm not going to be buying Glade. I'm, if I'm going to be paying three bucks for air freshener, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy buying Febreze. They have the cooler uh, type trigger where you can spray it. Mm. Uh, the Glade ones are always, they get jammed up. I've never been a fan of how kind of cheaply made they are, but they're only 98 cents a, a thing. So it's like, you know. Right. Yeah. So I figured that out. So, you know, apparently Glade took them off the shelves at Walmart and maybe they're doing a whole new, I don't know. Maybe their profit margins were too small. 
had to come up with some different idea. But please, Clay, bring back the 98 cent uh, air fresheners. Agreed. Um, so what else has been going on with you, Joe? How was your weekend besides the Super Bowl? Was it good? Yeah, no problems. No problems. Life's all right, man. How about you? You had your you had your taco bell on Saturday? Agree. Yes, I did. I did. I had that and it was tremendous. I've been sticking with it pretty much for now. I'm sticking with the same order because this it, it, my motto is if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why should I try something new when I love the stuff that I'm getting and I only get it once a week? So that's that's kind of the way I am. Um but I yeah. did the same. Yeah, same order. With Taco Bell, I've never, I, ne- I can never have Taco Bell for too long a time. Like I had my Taco Bell, I, I got Taco Bell last Sunday. I think I talked about it in the show. Um, you know how it's not as good when it's delivered and things like that. But um, I'm like now, I'm like I don't want to have Taco Bell again for like maybe like another like couple months. Like I'm done with Taco Bell. Like it was it was enough. Um, I can't have that every week, man. I, I commend you for being able to have Taco Bell every week. I just can't do it. That's that's it. That, well, that's weird. I don't. I don't. Uh, are there any foods like your favorite? Some of your favorite junk yeah, foods? I, no, I, I'm like the, usually with everything else. I'm I go hard with everything. I go. I binge everything else. Okay, so you can do the, the mis- once a week with some with other things. No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh. with, food, with food. Like sometimes, like just in the past, like McDonald's. Like I'll have. I can eat that every day. My point is because I don't like to eat fast food in general. I think it's. I think it's horrible for you. It's cheap, but I don't think it's good for your body. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I don't. What I'm saying is, I get sick of Taco Bell quick, quicker than other uh, than other oh, uh, fast food. Like I'll, I'll have, you know, I'll go through strings of like there. Are, I was eating a ton of fast food in the past when I was overweight. I would get McDonald's every day, every day. Oh wow! I stopped there and I get like a cheeseburger, I had fries, I had the app, um, Burger King. I get Burger King, you know, fry. I, so what I'm saying is, Taco Bell is unique. It's also maybe it's just Mexican food in general. I don't like to eat too much Mexican food at all yeah. um, in a row. So Taco Bell is one of those things that's like, then I'm thinking about what I ate. It's like, oh, this is basically a bunch of shells and flour and cheese and a bunch of crap. Whereas I can justify McDonald's and other fat like burgers because burgers is like protein. It's red meat. Whereas the McDonald's, where there's a Taco Bell, it's like this cheap ground meat. And, you know, it's just a bunch of the similar ingredients all recycled. It's like, I don't know. I just, I just can't do it. You know, I can't do it, you know, consistently for you know long periods of time. Uh, just a once in a while thing. Yeah, I've been on it for once a week now for about two months. So I'm I'm getting ready to mess around and just start thinking about not necessarily this week, but I'm I'm starting to think about making another move. But I I move basically I'll move from from burgers and fries at Five Guys to Taco Bell to um, pizza, uh, and then sometimes uh, like the uh, Chick Fil A or something like that, or even the KFC or whatever. I go. I have about five or six go tos from a cheat meal, like the once a week thing, the fast food. And, but I like to, I like to stay with it for a while and then move on. That's just the way I am. Cause I, but I, when I get it, I'll say, damn, that's, that was good. That some bitch was good. Okay. I'm going to get another one next by next Thursday or so I'm looking for it again. But after a while it does wear, and that's been about two months. So uh, it's getting near the point where, you know, I'm going to, you know, make another move, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Wait, uh, yep. So actor of the week is Bradley Cooper. Um, he was born <laughs> January 5th, 1975. So he's about 11 years older than I am. Uh, he's a little bit younger than you are, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in between. You know, he's in between. You're the yeah. 60s, the 70s, I'm the 80s. 
Um, he was he was from he's a Philly kid. You know, I don't know if you knew this, Joe. He's he's a Philly kid. He was he, was, he grew up in Abington, uh, Pennsylvania, where it's a Philly suburb, I believe. Well, he's a big he was been a you know no well known Big Eagles fan. Um, you know, for years. Um, yeah. the, thing that, and, the thing that annoys me about him is like. Um, he went to Villanova, but he transferred after one year. And I'm thinking to myself, man, what a bad move. Like, yes, Georgetown objectively can be viewed as a better academic institution. It's also in Washington, D.C. So if I ever met him, I have to ask him, like, dude, why exactly did you leave Nova Nation? Why did you leave Villanova? Because um, he was, I think he was in there in the 90s. So when he was there, I guess the basketball team wasn't as good. Uh, maybe maybe he was thinking Georgetown is the better school. And once he got into Georgetown, he's like, I'm just going to go to Georgetown. But also maybe he just wanted to escape Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. So maybe he had his reasons. But, man, it would have been amazing if I knew he graduated from Nova. Um, that really that really annoys me that he, you know, he left, he left, didn't just leave Villanova, but he left for like our rival Georgetown. Maybe uh, it was a course of study that, that took him out, you know, took him possibly, away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, he's he seems like a very cool, interesting guy. He obviously did my research for the show. Um, he's Irish and Italian like me. I'm Irish and Italian. Um, so his father was a stockbroker. Um, he didn't really do much acting as a kid, but he acted in his fourth grade play Around the World in 180 Days. Um, he said he loved Robert De Niro growing up, and Raging Bull was one of the first De Niro movies he saw. Um, and then, you know, he ended up around like around 1997. He moved to New York City, New York City after he graduated from Georgetown to study acting. So he got the acting bug. You know, he decided to study acting. He was in the Actor Studio MFA program. Um, they actually have a show called Inside the Actor Studio. I was watching them on. Um, but oh yeah, yeah. When you're a student there, you get to sit in the crowd and ask these famous actors questions. Um, so it was cool, you know, getting to see him like ask one of his heroes, Robert De Niro, a question. Uh, while he was still an acting student, um, say when he was at before he was an actor, he was never able to relax in his life. Uh, but there's a technique coach at that at that school, at the MFA program, the Actor Studio MFA program. Um, she taught him a lot, and uh, she was able to you know teach him how to relax. Um, and he she says he gave everything that he had in class. Um, and he said that that class, that acting class, some of these classes was a real sacred experience. So they go there and study acting, but they get pretty like intensely involved in it. And they really study it from the ground up. Um, so I can respect his hustle. Not a lot of actors will even go classically train themselves. They'll just straight move to Hollywood and try to get in some roles and try to learn on the fly. So it sounds like he, you know, he really committed to it. He, he wanted to be an actor. He moved to New York city and he, he went all out with, he got into this prestigious program um, and then while he was in the MFA program, during his senior thesis, he played the Elephant Man. And if you don't know anything about the Elephant Man, I don't know, Joe, if you've ever seen that movie, it's it's kind of a difficult role to try to play. especially. For I know a, of it. Never saw it, but I know of it. I know yeah. exactly what it's about. Um, so, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, I was impressed just learning about him and watching him on Inside the Actor's Studio. Uh, he actually couldn't hold back his tears. He was crying the minute he came out there because... He's like, man, I really made it. I was a student here once. I was the one asking the actors questions. Now I'm on Inside the Actor Studio as an actor. So he he was in that program to around, I think, 2000. And he was on Inside the Actor Studio as a guest, as a celebrity guest in 2011. So it took him 11 years, um, but he was on that show. So it's pretty impressive. That is neat. Um, he said the older that he gets, the less acting he wants to do, meaning that he still wants to be an actor, but he wants to be more fully prepared, whereas after 
think about acting. He just does his job because he's so well prepared. Doesn't feel like he's working. Doesn't feel like he's acting. Um, so that was an insight that I learned about him. Um, he said preparing for the role of Nightmare Alley. Um, he knew these things. Studying because he had to study how to play this character. Says everyone in the world wants health, wealth, and love. Um, and you find out what they want and you try to give it to them, but don't oversell it. So that was him preparing for his role in Nightmare Alley. Because if you've seen Nightmare Alley, it's on Netflix. I didn't really like it that much. It's not even close to my top five. Um, but those were his insights from preparing for that role. Um, just quick facts. His films have grossed $11 billion worldwide. Um, and he has placed four times the annual rankings of the world's highest uh, paid actors. So... Um, yeah, seems like an awesome type of interesting, cool guy you you could hang out with, have a beer with, and just shoot the shit with. Yeah. Uh, let's get into his acting though. His some of the some of my top five his favorite roles. So his breakout role, I believe, was his debut was 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 in Wet Hot American Summer in two thousand one. That was like his first real like legitimate movie role, I think. Um, that was in two thousand one. That movie, if you haven't seen that movie, that movie is that's pretty damn funny movie. Um, but I really think that his breakout. Um, well, okay. So he was in Wedding Crashers in 2005. That movie was just Vince Vaughn and, uh, and Luke Wilson and Earl Owen Wilson. Um, just an extremely funny movie. I saw it in the movie theater three times with my friends. We loved that movie. Um, actually one time that I saw, one of the times I saw it, I believe I was in Florida for one. I was on vacation. I actually, my parents went to see another movie. Then I went to go see that movie again. Um, anyway, awesome movie. And uh, that was, that was, he, he kind of played an arrogant type of uh, jerk who was engaged to uh, Rachel McAdams in that movie. Um, I didn't never, I didn't think that he would be going to become a superstar. I'm like, oh, this guy is kind of annoying and he's playing exactly, he's, he's playing the role to the T. He's being an annoying, like, jerk uh, fiance. Um, but then I think if you actually like look objectively, his breakout role was in The Hangover. So he played one of the, one of the buddies, you know, the hang, you know have you seen The Hangover? Yeah. Okay, those movies are amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. that was really what that was. A, that was, I guess that was his breakout role, and then from there, it just it started rolling. He was just in a bunch of movies. He was in a movie called Limitless about a guy who takes a pill and becomes like a genius and can do anything. Um, Silver Linings Playbook. That's in my top five. Yes, sir. That movie's amazing. Um, that's from 2012. And who's his father in that movie? Robert De Niro. <laughs> one of his one of his childhood heroes is an actor, yes. and a guy he like revered. Yeah. Um, he had to co-star with him. So that's, that's honestly a, probably one of the best yeah. moments of his life. He's got to consider, you know, probably, yeah, probably. probably. Um, he played a guy who was bipolar in that movie. He was released from a psychiatric hospital and he moved back in with his parents played, but one of them was played by Robert De Niro. Um, he was determined to win back his, his uh, estranged wife, but then he met a young widow, um, obviously with Jennifer Lawrence Mm-hmm. And she offered to help him get his wife back if he entered a dance competition with her. That's kind of the premise of the movie. It was a very good movie. I loved it. Definitely in my top five. Um, then he was in American Hustle in 2013. He was in American Sniper in 2014. American Sniper, he played a, a real life, uh, based on a real life sniper, one of the best snipers in history. He served four tours in Iraq. His name is Chris Kyle. And for the movie, uh, Cooper had to learn uh, how, to talk in, how to talk in a Texas accent. Um, he talked in a Texas accent. Even while he was on set, he was talking in a Texas accent. He really got into the role. Um, and, you know, he stayed in the Texas accent while he was dealing with people off the air, off this on the set. Um, that movie was actually directed by Clint Eastwood. That's in my top five. 
Uh, another one of my favorite movies that he was in called Burnt. Burnt. B-U-R-N-T. Um, he played a very arrogant chef who's kind of like a, a guy who kind of ruined his career by making some bad decisions. And he's trying to revive his career and trying to get the, the three-star Michelin rating again at this new restaurant that he's in. Right. I believe London. Um, so I really enjoyed that movie. That's in my top five. He was in A Star is Born with Lady Gaga in 2018. He, won, he got a Grammy for that award because they sing, they sing you know, one of the songs from the soundtrack. Um, him and Lady Gaga sing together. It's actually him singing. So he's actually not a bad singer. And I'm pretty sure he won a Grammy for that too. Uh, he was in the new Thor, Love and Thunder. I think that he was in that. I'm trying to think where he was in that. Because I, I really like Thor, Love and Thunder. It's my favorite Thor. Um, he was in that, but I don't remember exactly what role he played in that. Um, but I put it on my list just because I've seen it and I really like that movie. Um, so let's get into my top five. Number one, Wedding Crashers. Um, one of the funniest movies I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, number two, the hangover trilogy. He was in number one, two, and three. That's number two. Number three, burnt, where he plays that chef. Uh, there's a scene in burnt, um, where a customer is treating the server like crap kind of, and he comes out and he demands the customer apologize. And then the customer doesn't apologize. So he literally takes off, he wraps up the whole tablecloth with the food, with the drinks, with all the glasses in it takes it off the table and walks away. It's like, this is what you get for treating my server like that. So he's kind of like a, a very, um, you know, in that movie, he's got a lot of characteristics which make him entertaining. I'll just say that. Um, so that's right. number three. Uh, number four, Silver Linings Playbook. Great movie. Yeah. Um, and number five, American Sniper. Uh, yeah. Really love the American Sniper. Joe, what about you? Do you have any, what, what have you seen him in? What are your, like, you don't have to give a top five, what are your favorite Bradley, Bradley Cooper movies? I saw him in four and five um, that I can remember. I can, I've seen him in American Sniper and obviously Silver Linings. Uh, oh, and, and Hangover. So I've seen him in two also. You're two on your list. I've seen, I don't know. I don't think I've seen all three Hangovers. Um, I saw one that had Mike Tyson in it. I don't know which one oh, that, that is. A, that was Hangover. Okay. So I saw Hangover. Um, and I saw Silver Linings and I saw American Sniper. Um, good actor, good solid actor. Uh, he's a Philly dude. Um, so that's all I, that's, that's all I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a, as uh, passionate about films and about movies as you are, but, uh, I'm a person. So I do, uh, you know, I live and breathe. So I do, uh, like certain actors and I can get a, five list every every time we you know but i don't have as much um zeal and background and all that uh, that you do um he's a cool dude pretty good actor philly boy that's it that's about all i've seen him in that i can recall <laughs> yep yeah he was also in a super bowl commercial last night he was in a t-mobile commercial with his mother um so yeah i didn't think it was i didn't think it was as funny as they did Maybe it's because I wasn't in a good mood, but they're having a good old time and they're laughing. And <laughs> I didn't think it was funny, man. It's like, you know. Yeah. I it might really be cute. Go ahead. I don't remember much in the commercial, to be honest with you. I just know he was in it. Oh, they thought it was the funniest thing in the world they were doing. I don't, you know, I, I don't. I, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, he's a, you know, he, the guy's, the guy's an A-list actor. He's an A-plus actor. Yeah, good actor. He's top, he's top tier. Like I said, his film have grossed $11 billion. Um, he, gets, he could probably pick most roles that he wants. He doesn't fit in every role, I'll be honest. He doesn't, he doesn't fit into every role. It's just the way it is with actors. They don't fit in every role. Yeah. But he could find some amazing scripts that, like, people are really want to be in. 
and he's gonna be the, he's gonna at least get an audition. Um, so big name actor, global superstar Bradley Cooper. That's our actor of the week. And I so think I'm, he probably left here, Sean, because of a course of study with his acting. That's yeah. all. No, because he wasn't studying acting in college, dude. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought that was part of it. No, he went to a, he got a, he went into the master's program for acting. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it was uh, still a course of study that didn't have anything to do with acting. Oh, because I took when I went to Villanova, I took an acting course. I did take an acting course. I got an A in it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, I wish yeah. he would have graduated from Villanova because it would be very cool to to have Bradley Cooper as one of our alums. Well, we could say Bradley Cooper went to Villanova. What we can't say is that he graduated there. And when he talks about where he graduated from, he's he's saying Georgetown, which is like, oh man, yeah, you had to transfer to Georgetown, Bradley. Um, but anyway, oh, it is what it is. Yep. All right, so let's move on to Snapple Fact sixteen sixteen. Joseph, sloths can hold their breath longer than dolphins can. What do you think about that one? Wow, sloths can hold their breath longer than dolphins can. That is surprising. I guess maybe because sloths are their metabolism is so god darn slow that you know I guess they I guess it makes some sense. Yeah, but well, the reason than a um, dolphin. I mean, dolphins have that blowhole, right? They're not fish; they're sea mammals. They have the blowhole, so um, but they're just tremendously efficient with holding a breath. They can hold a breath and go down for you know for several several minutes and then pop back up. Yeah, so basically the reason is sloths can swim three times faster than they can walk on land. And because of their ability to slow their heart rates to one-third its normal rate, they can also hold their breath for a whopping 40 minutes underwater. Wow. That's the the real, the scientific reasons is because they can swim so fast, faster than they walk on land, they're able to slow their heart rate so much. I guess it leads to them being able to hold their breath for longer underwater. Yeah, I know their metabolic rate is pretty darn slow, but yeah, I, I knew it had something to do with it. Yeah, their digestive systems um, are really slow. Yeah, like you said, it, it's uh, they they only have to empty their bowels and bladders around once a week. Basically, it's, it's a safety evolutionary thing because they're so slow, and there's so many predators out there, and they're such slow movers. It makes them vulnerable to attack. So just the once a week bathroom break because uh, they have to leave the tree to go to the bathroom. So right. they don't really leave that tree month much. You know, they're sleeping all day. They're sloths. You know what I mean? There's always yeah. jokes about people being like sloths, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Pretty interesting that. stuff, man. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, let's move on to on the real, Joe. You ready to be stumped? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, this is I just read this today and yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I guess, but it's also pretty interesting. Uh, a group of angry Eagles fans who attended the Super Bowl were arrested for sneaking into the Chiefs locker room and trying to steal the Super Bowl trophy. I think it's called the Lombardi Trophy. Um, they really they dressed in Chiefs gear and they acted like employees. It's it's kind of a theme, like because you know that's why I'm trying to stump you because it's like I've been choosing stories where people are like impersonate people and try to do things. And when I saw this story, I'm like, this is really going to get Joe. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. yeah. they already had it planned out. If we lose, they even got an interview. <laughs> if we lose, we're going to dress as Chiefs fans and go to the locker room and get the damn trophy. Yeah. I can't believe you, you watched the 11 o'clock news, but you'll probably see that tonight in the news. Oh, yeah. Next yeah. story. Um, a scientist discovered the largest penguin that ever existed. Uh, they discovered it in New Zealand. Um, they discovered the bones in 2017. 
Um, but this, the story just came out. Uh, they call it a monster bird. They said the bird weighed about 350 pounds. So a very monster bird, large penguin um, that paleontologists discovered. Um, very interesting. Very interesting to know that there was giant penguins. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So last story. A woman in Billings, Montana, who's a huge NFL fan, raised over $25 million to try to entice the NFL to bring a football franchise to their state. So I guess Montana wants a sports franchise. They love football there. Uh, the fund started in 2017, has been gaining steam. Uh, they know that $25 million is not enough to build the stadium, but they think the NFL will notice how much they raised and have no choice but to bring a franchise there. They're like, look at us. We, we raised $25 million. We want an NFL team this bad. And even if the NFL doesn't accept the money towards the franchise, whatever it costs to start the franchise, uh, they want to donate the money to charity. So they're they're trying to like be very political. They're like, we raised $25 million. If you give us a franchise, we'll donate it to charity. Um, and apparently there's a long list of people who want to own NFL franchises and who are interested in starting, you know, owning a brand, brand new franchise. So Billings, Montana, very uh, intriguing story. The possibility of having a Montana football team, I would, that's, you know. So those are the stories, Joe. What do you think? Two are, two are fake, one is real. Well, I think if you're going to start a franchise or you want to start a franchise somewhere, you're going to appeal to people that already have a lot of money and love football. And there are plenty of those people around. So if this woman really wanted to do this, she would probably track down some really, really wealthy football fans in that area. Well, $25 million is a lot of money. Well, she raised it. But I think I think if you're going to start it and you're $25 million is a lot to us. But just, you know, to, no, I go find a guy. <clears throat> Look, here's the thing. I don't buy it. Okay, okay, that's it. I don't buy that one. Let's just save you some time. I don't buy that one. Nor do I buy that first one. Um, that's just too convenient. Uh, I buy the middle one, the, the penguin one. Okay. Well, I got some bad news for you, Joe. Okay. You are correct. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's cool. So the that's penguin cool. one, you thought the penguin... So- what, what about the Eagles one three all? What spooked you about the Eagles one? Because that's I don't want to tell you because if I tell you, that's going to give you a leg up next time you're trying to formulate another bullshit story. You're going to say, I, oh, I he's already on to this. So I'm not going to make is. you aware of my thought processes. That's giving you a leg up. Because you're thinking, you're thinking that I'm just making up stories of people trying to get into places, impersonating people so that you probably, I don't know. I thought that was a very uh, believable story where they snuck into the locker room and tried to still the trophy because oh, like no 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 i i that's what you could do is sell that to someone from omaha nebraska that some eagles fans did that i know it's them eagles fans that's the way they are you know you know that you come on eagles fans are not going to go do why steal a trophy man why you know come on that's you know <laughs> but if you get the the some schmuck from from you know you know, two below or whatever, you could say, Hey, you see what these Eagles fans did? Oh, I heard they're pretty damn crazy. Um, look, here's the deal. And I, look, for if you're from two below or from out there, I'm kidding with you. I right? am joking. But here's the thing um, that one I didn't go for at all. We don't want that, man. We want it, but we want it if, you know, you give us a chance to win. If you didn't rip us off and gave us the ball with 152 left and, you know, we didn't score, that's one thing. But, um, look, we want it, but not like that. And they're not going to try to, and that thing's not sitting in the, 
It's not sitting all by no, itself all, in the locker room. All the players have it in the locker room. It's all footage of them passing it around. And yeah, drinking do it. yeah, well, you can't go in there and st- take it out of their hands. Why not? Everybody's getting drunk, and they're all excited. If you're <laughs> walking with, with Chiefs gear, and they're like, hey, let me see the trophy, and then they, they sneak out, they concoct the plan. It's very plausible, dude. Well, it's plausible with Tom Brady's jersey, because it did happen that way at one point with his jersey after a Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl trophy itself, I don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't go for that, and I – was the one the one from Billings, Montana? Was twenty? If I would have said they raised like oh, I don't know. Million, what would you have said? Not I'm not. I'm not telling you because you see what I'm doing doing now is giving you. You're you're getting some insight as to how I process things. Why should I give you that? Because for future stumpage, <laughs> I actually I don't, I don't want to turn you more on to my my line of thinking and my rationale because then I give you a leg up in the chess game. You see what I'm saying? You may say, oh, no, he won't buy that because he didn't buy this. Or he thinks this way, and I'll get him. Uh-uh. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it, as George Bush would say. All right, my brother. What's next? <laughs> uh, so uh, Brian Kohlberger and Alex Murda. Uh, oh, these jerk-offs again. <laughs> so basically, the update I have about Kohlberger is that he was investigated uh, by the university for making women feel uncomfortable. Because he got fired from his student assistant uh, teaching job, his teacher's assistant job. Um, he was making women feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, he was being a creep. He was being investigated there. They had a verbal altercation with a professor. Um, you know, and the, the crazy part about it is, uh, the faculty called the member, they called the meeting to discuss growing concerns about his behavior. Um, and then they terminated him, but, um, department leaders, they met on November 2nd. Um, for an improvement plan. And then 11 days later, he was, he killed the students at uh, university of Idaho. So literally 11 days bef- before the murders, they were already discussing this guy's a nuisance. Uh, he's making girls feel uncomfortable. He's, you know, the students were complaining about his grading. He was really harsh on grading. Um, so there were a lot of red flags around this guy before. It's unfortunate they couldn't prevent the murders though. You know, indeed, my friend, indeed. Uh, and Alex Murda, apparently everyone's getting their, their their dream to see this guy in the stand. He's planning to take the stand in his own defense. Um, the plan could change, but he's he's apparently he's going to testify in the murder trial as early as next week. So that's going to be very exciting, seeing this guy on the stand and seeing what the prosecutor can do to make this guy feel so damn uncomfortable and throw him off and get him to start just singing. You know what I mean? I saw footage of him on the news tonight. Did you say, have you seen the recent footage? there's footage of of him calling when he the night he called 911 the night he murdered his his wife and his kid and then 10 minutes later he called 911 and the acting job he puts on and oh oh it's bad it's bad i took their pulses and there's no pie oh it's really bad it's bad and the fake the crocodile tears and it just shows you him going through all that and him, him spitting all kinds of bullshit and everything. And you're like, man, this guy is a freaking piece of work. He is. It's just, oh, my God. I There are no words. There just are no words. So, But if you get a chance, there, that footage is floating around, Sean, of the night he called 911 and there's a camera on him. And... <laughs> The, the, the stuff he's saying and the way he's acting. And then he comes back to them after the putting a tarp on their bodies. He comes back to them and says, they're dead, aren't they? They're, they're really dead, aren't they? Oh. Uh, you jerk off. You, you 
jerk off, you piece of shit. I oh, I I hope they give him the chair. I really do. I really do. They don't give anybody the chair, but you know what I mean. I hope I hope they really they take him out, man. Anyway, that's how I feel. That's just my opinion. Dog on it. (laughs) I have a parlay tonight. I have a parlay uh, bet, and I've had this one guy in Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo. Um, He's six foot nine. He averages a lot of rebounds per game, at least ten rebounds a game, or seven or eight at least. For some reason, in the first half, he only has one rebound. I don't know what's going on. I know this is interrupting our segment really here because we kind of finished the uh, Kohlberger and Murdoch segment, but just give you a live update. This man, Bam Adebayo, he's six foot, he's tall. I don't know how he plays basketball. He averages at least eight. Re- I don't know what goes on sometimes with some of these, some of these sports things, but one rebound in the first half, that's pretty pathetic. So I don't know what's going on. Bam, please get more rebounds in the second half, buddy. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, so current events. Uh, just read this article today, New York Times. It's called Nausea, Wobbling, Confusion. Dogs are getting sick from discarded weed. So where places where recreational use of weed is legal, smokers are tossing the remains of the joint in the street. Dogs are eating them and getting sick in increasing numbers. Um, veterinarians and poison control centers have all the data. It's been proven fact. Dogs are getting sick. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. A lady had a mini golden doodle, about two years old. She ate a joint that was on the ground in Staten Island, um, and it wasn't the first or even the 10th time the dog's done this. It's happened a lot of times. Um, and the dog's, you know, some of the signs is the dog's head start to bobble, um, and the dog is stoned, pretty much. Their head starts to bobble. They start to behave a little bit differently. Um, and they're, act, you know, it's if you're going to smoke weed in public, don't discard your joints on the ground. Throw them in the garbage. Get rid of them. Um, cause you know, well, all these people probably have dogs. So would you want your dog getting sick or dying from eating, ingesting marijuana? You know, right. past six years has been a 400% increase calls about marijuana poisoning. There's a pet poison helpline. There's a 24 hour animal poison control center. Um, most of the cases have been reported in New York and California. So I'm all about rec- marijuana being legal. I'm all about the recreational use. However, um, you know, I- I, I'm I'm just out of curiosity, you know. Um, oh, and I told you before too that um, as an alternative to um, opioid painkillers and so forth, that I, that I get prescription wise and so forth. I much rather I tried recently the <clears throat> the uh, edibles and they're you know you know what you, you're getting. It's all measured out. It's it's legal and it really works well on pain and it doesn't have any near the side effects that the opiates do now I, I the only thing so i've i've tried and i'm familiar with marijuana and when i went to high school back way back a million years ago um there were times and this was a different time and everything but when people smoked a joint a marijuana cigarette for some people who don't know what we're talking about you smoke the damn thing and then it gets down to a certain length and then you clip it you clip it with something like an electronic little alligator clip and you would say it's a roach clip because when the joint gets down to a, a like a about maybe a quarter inch, you're going to burn your fingers or you're going to clip it. So you didn't want to waste anything and you, and you smoked it through till it was almost nothing left. Now, my point is, my question is, what are the dogs actually eating? I don't get it. They're, well, eating, they're eating the marijuana. 
what mar- there's no marijuana i mean marijuana of what people to smoke a joint out outside and like smoke it all the so way they don't finish the whole joint and they throw the rest of it out and there's still marijuana in there dude yeah but uh, do they still smoke it all the way down with a clip and everything no most people who smoke joints don't finish the whole joint you know so really there's always, there's, wow. always, there's always some left in the end of the joint you can't smoke the whole thing usually because it just doesn't light up anymore or whatever the case is. But these joints, they're, 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 they're throwing these joints in the ground. Dogs are ingesting this and getting sick. Um, so they appear a hell of a lot of roaches. Like I say roaches, I mean the little, the tiny, little, tiny microscopic butt left over from a joint. And the happening. marijuana probably in there is probably so little. I'm wondering, I mean, are these chihuahuas that are getting? No, I, I, all just, sorts I can't of dogs. Okay. All sorts of dogs, dude. Well, I love dogs and I would never want to see them get sick, but it's just in, in my history of, of, and I don't, I'm not an expert, but you know, people who smoke joints, they want to smoke every last little bit that's in there. They don't want to waste any marijuana. So no, they smoke no, it all the way me, down. First when I oh. tell you, dude, I smoke joints and right. uh, I, there's always some left in my, my joint and I never leave it outside. I never throw it on the ground. Um, I'm just telling you, dude, there's always oh, okay. some left at the very end. There's always. Okay. always well, I, I love dogs and, and, and um, you know, I would encourage people to, if they're going to, uh, uh, you know, if that's going to happen to dogs, I would encourage, you know, people, like you said, if to put it out, make sure it's all the way out, put it in your pocket and save it for later or do something, but don't put it on the ground and, and endanger. Uh, now that's a and B is I don't understand what, I mean, I, if you lay a, a half a sandwich on the ground or some crackers or some candy, maybe, but um, like, I don't see why a dog would eat just pot yeah, but dogs would eat any god darn see it, thing. but it's happening they've they appealed <laughs> to nearly uh seven thousand calls for marijuana toxicity last year 11 percent increase from the previous year dude you know what uh, it could be showing too it could be people have, have this stuff at home and they don't lock it down yeah, right it's a, it's a combination it's a combination yeah. but that's probably whole, more more feasible than to me than than you know just well that happens that happens too but this is there's people taking their dogs out for walks and there's been multiple people interviewed in their articles telling this happens to their dogs all the time when they're walking their dog wow. so there's this park in brooklyn called prospect park i came in first place in a 5k there in 2015 <laughs> um so i'm familiar with the park and this lady says she walks her dog there all the time um and congratulations just, for first place too by the way thank you it was my first race I ever ran i get obsessed with things so i knew that you know i was running a lot and then People at the gym saw me run like a madman in the treadmill. I was just, I was literally sprinting for over an hour. And they said, why don't you enter a race? And they, they planned to see it in my mind. And I'm like, you know, maybe I will run a race. So the law school hosted their own uh, race called Race Judicata. I entered it and I won. I beat a guy from Amsterdam. He came in second place. He was shocked wow. that I that I passed him in the last lap. But um, wow. uh, but yeah, so the dog, cool. uh, um, they're, they're getting sick more often in places where recreational use is legal. You know, this has been going on for years. People have been letting their pets eat stuff that they shouldn't eat. Um, but they right. said the best protection is to train your dog to leave the items alone. Um, just leave them alone. Tell them to drop it. And pay attention when you're out for a walk. Don't sit on your phone the whole time. Pay attention to what your dog's picking up. This is- yeah, there's some advice, too. Like, pay attention to what the hell your dog's doing if you really care about your dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the signs um, are, um, they, they appear difficultly balancing. They're a bit wobbly. Walking and Walking is difficult for them. They're sleepy and they dribble urine. Um, they might also be scared or startled when they're touched. Um, so it seems like a very innocuous sort of current event. Like, why are they talking about dogs ingesting marijuana? Who cares? But, you know, anybody who's listening, this could help them. Because if you have dogs and you're taking your dog for a walk, 
you know, make sure you know what you're picking up. But also if you're smoking joints, you're walking around the city, wherever you are smoking joints, don't just throw them on the ground because it could kill someone's pet. So let me ask you something. When you smoke a J, do you smoke it all the way down and then clip it when it gets real little? No, I'm not, I'm not, that's friggin' you know, because I don't need to. That's that's like friggin' high school type stuff where you use a friggin' clip and you're going to get the most out of it. Okay, what happens that, with me? That's what I'm saying. Well, I wouldn't say high school. It's just an economical way. It's the way, and I told you, I haven't smoked any marijuana for 40 years, for close to 30 some odd years. But, you know, I I do every friend out for pain. I take those little, you know, the, you know, the edibles that are already, yeah. you know, exactly what you're getting it's fda approved it's legal and all that stuff but i haven't smoked anything in 30 years and that's the way they used to do it but that's why i ask you i just learned something you guys don't do it this this new generation you don't do that you don't need a uh you don't need a a clip or a roach anymore or you don't need a a, like a tweezers to hold onto the roach they call it right because these days what i do is i have these uh these pre-roll cones. So I don't even have to roll mine. I just have their cones. They're already wrapped for me. I just have to, you know, grind up the marijuana and put it into the cone and then twist the top. Um, it's very easy and convenient, but there's, there's mouthpieces on each cone. So the mouthpiece enables you to hold on to something. So you don't need, if it gets down to the very end, you don't, you're not, your fingers aren't getting burnt. You have the mouthpiece to hold on to. But what happens is my joint eventually will just stop lighting. It just, you know, the light goes out. I'm already good. I smoked enough. I feel fine. Um, and there's, what do you do with that? The, what do oh, you I, do I, with it? I, I just, I have, I save them because just in case, just in case, like you're saying, just in case, maybe one day yeah. I'll cut them open and I'll put the rest out and I'll just use it for, just in case. Yeah. But honestly, most, most times I'll just, you know, throw them all in the garbage, get rid of them in a garbage, make sure they're, they're safely thrown away. Um, yes. Properly but, uh, extinguished. Properly extinguished. Exactly. Yeah. And so, thrown away strategically. Yeah. You may be better off to keep, to keep them on one, like to walk them out to the curb and put them at, you know, you know, but anyway, yeah, to make sure that no one can get into them, kids or dogs or something like that, you yeah. know, you dispose of it properly. But yeah, Sean, I never even thought about that. That is a, it, that is a different way you, that people are going about. See, I don't, I don't smoke the shit, um, but um, I do enjoy the and and those 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 uh, the edibles. They do a nice job, and I'm telling you, for anybody who's ever suffered from muscle spasms and back pain or any kind of pain, it's it it's you know you can't. You know, do them all the time or go to work or whatever but when you're at home and you're trying to just relax and get an escape from the pain and like i said does it make you feel like you had a couple scotches yeah but shit if we're not going to close down the liquor stores you know if, if mr x can sit there and drink four scotches and i can take a couple edibles what the hell's the difference they're all it's all legal my point is though i've seen them the younger guys in in the with the like to buying these cigars and they'll empty the cigar and they'll put their weed in the cigar you know what i mean i've seen them do that like black and milds or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's I've the seen them do that. Once, but yeah, so yeah. just I mean, I I just enjoy. Uh, I'm ha- so happy the marijuana is legal. I'm a big advocate of it. I, I am too, to be honest with you. Health. I believe it's great for pain management. Um, it really the biggest thing with the marijuana with me is sleeping because I have a hell of a time sleeping. My mind is so that fast. Too. Yes, it helps me so much just falling asleep, and uh, you know it's, it does. And I don't have any hangover the next day. I get up and I go to the gym seven days a week. It's not affecting my daily life and I'm not doing it during the day. It's basically right. just like a, 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 an occasional nighttime thing to wind down. Um, you know, throw on a funny movie, start cracking up. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about pot. The whole point of this article is for people to, to, to save dogs' lives. Uh, yes. To be aware. Don't throw your joints in the ground and, uh, you know, be aware of what your dog's eating. This is very important. So I think anybody listening... Um, especially if you're, you dabble with marijuana, 
just just be aware of these things because it's you know it made the New York Times you know it makes the New York Times it's a and it wasn't a short article in the New York Times it was a pretty extensive article I mean I have a lot of notes on it um, so you know yes. those things just be careful. And you're like me. I, I just love, I think of dogs. Dogs are like three-year-old kids. I love dogs. And, you know, it's not even funny. Well, the dog gets stoned. Ha ha. No, no, no. What you're talking about is a creature that has like, I mean, you know, that's, that's a fraction of our weight and size. So if they eat a little something like that, it's no joke. You know, and you, you get too much of anything is no good. So uh, I would hate for a dog to be sick or anything like that on on my account. So I, I would think most decent people would. So like you said, Sean, for these folks that go out and whatever, be responsible. Think about where you're throwing that shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to do another article, but I'm going to save it for next episode. It was, it was involving chat GPT and it involves, you know, remember the search engine Bing, Joe, you ever heard the search engine Bing? Yes. I've heard of it. So Bing's making a comeback. Microsoft is utilizing incorporating chat GPT into their search engine. So we'll talk about that a little bit more probably next episode, but you know, the dog, I didn't realize the dog weed one was going to go on for so long. So we it, went there. it went there. So that's what, that's what we do. We're not going to, if it goes there and on its own fruition, we're going to take it there. So yep. that's it. Um, so let's, First thing I want to talk about sports, like I talked about briefly, because this is notice is Bam Adebayo. He's a he's a center forward for the Miami Heat, and I haven't. He's never had a game at least the, the past like twenty games. He hasn't had anything less than okay. So he had one game on December fifth where he only had five rebounds versus Memphis. Um, but he gets like last game versus Orlando, he had seventeen rebounds. The game before versus the Rockets, he had nine rebounds. Indiana, he had nine rebounds. Every game the man is getting at least he had okay. For January 29th for Charlotte, he had four rebounds. So he has these occasional games where he doesn't get a lot of rebounds, but it's really it's really weird um, how tonight he only has two rebounds so far in 23 minutes. I don't know what's going on, but I I have this hell of a parlay. I have a really beautiful parlay that I put together. It has like 12 different picks on it, um, and it's it's to win about 300 bucks, and I'm probably going to lose because Bam Adebayo is not going to get to eight rebounds, so – I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I take that bet. I know Bam. I mean, I don't know basketball that well, but Bam out of bio is a great defensive player and a great rebounder. He's a big dude and over under eight rebounds for him. I'd take over almost every day unless exactly. he's going against some, some monster. Well, he's, going, well, he's going against Jokic on the, uh, on the Mavericks, but on, on the Mavericks and the Nuggets. Um, but it's one of those things where, I'm not watching the game, so I'm, I'm judging him by not even watching the game. Like you're saying, there could be other reasons, but you know he's like the biggest rebounder on the team because Jimmy Butler has seven rebounds, and Jimmy Butler is a good rebounding guard. Don't get me wrong, but uh, right, right. Adebayo should be collect. I thought he, I, I just did eight just to be safe. I thought he would get possibly 15 rebounds tonight. So I don't know what's going on. He's not in the game anymore right now. They took him out of the game. Yeah, this is why betting is annoying because you get frustrated over these guys. And you want them to do certain things. And you're wondering why, you know, this guy's he's built to get at least he can get eight rebounds in his sleep. And he's, it just doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, the things just don't make sense sometimes, but anyway, yeah. um, the Super Bowl, Joe. Um, so do you think if Jalen Hurts never fumbles that ball and they go up, they go down the field and they, they score a touchdown on that drive and they're up 14, you think that's the game? Well, if they're up 14, what were they up 10 at halftime? What were they up at halftime, Sean? Wasn't it like 24-14 or something? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were up at 10 at halftime, right. Um, so at halftime, they were up 24-14, yep. Okay, so um, 
They got out. They should have been up 24. Yeah, I'm they sorry. Got, they got out in the second half, 24 to 11 in the second half. Right. So without that fumble in the first half, they're up 24 to seven. Then you're looking at a completely different, you know, different thing. And you know what else? You not only, I mean, you, I had a feeling when he fumbled the ball and he accidentally kicked the damn thing toward their end zone too. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're fumbling it. And now you're going to accidentally kick it. I mean, my God, I had a feeling though, when I saw that and I'm seeing it unfold, I'm like, yeah, he's going to shake it off psychologically because he's a tough kid. And he did, but you can't erase those seven points. And I said, Oh my God. I said at the end of this game, because you, you can't do that against a real good football team. You could do that against some of the teams in this league, but not. And I thought, oh, my God, is this going to be the difference in the game? And really, look, it was that. It was a line drive punt that they allowed. They, 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 they've been a little weak on special teams all year long. But that was just an absolute monstrosity. They let that come all the way back to the four-yard line. So they gave up a touchdown because they gave, it was first and goal at the four. And they gave up a, t- a touchdown there. So there's 14 points that really, really, yeah, I mean, my God. You know, so it was it was those two big mistakes. But they made mistakes. And the mistake that I talked to you about earlier, about the, the offensive lineman that made a mistake, he jumped just a little bit. He turned a third and one into a third and five. The third and five is the play that, that, that uh, Jalen fumbled on. If it's third and one, they go into a quarterback sneak and they plow forward and they get a first down. You know it. I know it. Everybody watching football knows it. Uh, I'm not making excuses. Andy Reid's a great coach. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. They beat us. Andy schemed really well because he used to be an offensive line coach before the Eagles even discovered him. He was an offensive line coach for the Green Bay Packers, and um, he used to develop schemes, and that's what he did. He took he had two weeks to scheme for the Eagles' pass rush, and damn, did he do a good job because he 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 had some offensive line schemes up there that that really really worked, and we didn't get a sack. So at the end of the day, um, we got to do better defensively. We got to do better defensively. And I I don't know if we maybe I think we're going to get a new defensive coordinator because I think our guy's going to go. I think the Arizona Cardinals want him. They can have him. So I think we're going to get someone else in here and we've got to get a little more talent defensively um, and get Jalen signed to a reasonable contract. And we're going to find out a lot about Jalen Hurts and about. All his talk, I think he talk, I think he's going to walk the walk. But you see what Brady did with his contract, with his team. He took a little less so that the rest of the team could be good. Patrick did the same thing with the Chiefs. He took a little less so the rest of the team could be good. We're going to see what Jalen Hurts does. So you know that old saying I always tell you? I always t- say to you about certain things. I say, I cannot hear a word you're saying because your actions are so loud, right? So we're going to see. What kind of a dude Jalen Hurts really, really is, because he's up to get paid and he should get paid, but we're going to see what kind of deal he takes. If he takes a deal that allows the Eagles to still go out and spend money, I'm going to say, that's my dude. But if he just says, I'm me, I need my bank, I need my bag, I'm going to say, you know what, cuz, you know what, man? I got a whole different feeling about you now, brother. I really do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm, to hold back away because I think, knowing what I know about this kid, I think when Howie comes to him and says, look, this is what we, we'd like to do. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be receptive to it. I really do. Cause I love the kid. I'm falling in love with the kid. He's really a good kid. He's a great leader. Uh, it, this didn't face him the other day. It's just like, okay, we'll be back. He's going to be in this league for about 14 more years. We'll be back. 
so I, that's that's how I feel about it. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> um, actually, I wasn't listening. Could you repeat that, sir? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is what it is. A tough loss, Sean, but uh, we made some mistakes. Give credit to them. I know I joked a couple of weeks ago about Andy and about Patrick, even about Machenko. Machenko, you did a hell of a job yesterday. Um, but at the end of the day, you take away the fumble and you take away that that ridiculously awful the punt and, and the subsequent lack of coverage. Um, that's the ball game, but you can't do that against a real good football team. So. Yeah, did you see uh, Dak Prescott got man of the year and all the Eagles fans booed him? I don't know if it was just the Eagles fans. No, dude, I, it was because it was think about it, dude. Why did the Chiefs fan boo the man of the year? Well, you know, a lot of people like Dallas and a lot of people hate Dallas. So you don't think there are any Chiefs fans that hate Dallas? I'm going to have to disagree there. But I, I agree with you. It's probably mostly Eagles fans. But um, you know what? It, you know, look, it is what it is. Um you know, um, I don't think he took it uh, too badly. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't see a big. No, but it was just like the guy just won man of the year. And he probably did like these great things, helping people out, being a good Samaritan and like doing using his like celebrity status to like be a positive influence in the world. And the Eagles fans couldn't even be classy in that. I'm not saying anything bad about the Eagles fans because they're, they have a rough day, but really you had to boo the guy who would man this, put the, put the affiliations aside. Cause you saw what I was doing, dude, during the game, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I really was like kind of rooting for the Eagles. And I was sending you some videos, you know, go birds and stuff. And just trying yeah. to like cheer you up and like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I certainly as a Cowboys fan, if like, if years, you know, if I'm on a Super Bowl, I'm like, they're like, Oh man of the year this year is, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey. Well, we're buddies though, Kelsey. Sean. Like if you were, if you were up there, and I know you're a, I'm an Eagles fan. I know you're a Dallas fan and you won something. I'd clap for you. I say, that's my friend, man. That's my buddy. But if I didn't know you, I, I may be inclined, especially if I were a little tanked up to like boo or whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I um, yeah, Sometimes I you wish, I wish they would have cheered, but they didn't, but it's yeah. not, it's not like they threw bottles at the guy either. You know, come on. Yeah. You defend the Eagles fans so much sometimes. So sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, yeah, you listen, there's, you know, there's some bad apples, you know what I mean? And not, sometimes we do the wrong group because I learned about this in psychology in college. Group think is a scary thing. When people get together as groups, they can either do really great positive things for the world or they can do some evil, heinous things. Um, yeah. So these, these collective Eagles fans are so pumped up for the game and they heard Dallas Cowboy and they hate Dak. They probably didn't, they, they were like, boo this man. Instead of just saying, wait, he won man of the year. Let's just like, come on guys, let's, let's clap. Let's clap guys. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing there was a certain percentage of the Eagles fans that were there because it was pretty quiet. You know, when they introduced each team and everything it was fairly quiet in certain moments, I'm sure during that moment, it was fairly quiet. I'm going to tell you all Eagles fans didn't boo a Dak. All Eagles fans didn't Were a lot of them there that did. Yeah. And they did it kind of in gamesmanship and that kind of thing. But all the Eagles fans that were there didn't Sean. I promise you that. And you, and you, you should know people better than that. You should know that, and you do know that there's good and bad in everyone. There's no, shit, there shitheads in every fan base. There really are. Uh, every fan base has shitheads, and m most people are good and reasonable. And you know that. I know that. And were a certain amount of them there that booed him? Yeah, I wish they wouldn't have. But it wasn't. It wasn't all the Eagles fans that were there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway, so. 
Uh, that that game was, uh, you know, the game was good. It was a classic Super Bowl, but, you know, it's not going to go down as one of the best Super Bowls ever because the refs, think about this. The, this is on the verge of becoming one of the best Super Bowls in history. Oh. And just because the refs made a call, like just some just dumbass ref, some guy who just puts on a, like, I'm not saying that the refs is a very tough job, but think about it, dude. Know your role. Don't make a call that's good. Like he had to know that's going to be controversial. What do you think? It's third and eight, you know, that's about to be fourth and eight. There's, you know, they're not going to go for it on fourth down, obviously, at that juncture of the game. The ref, does he, is he thinking or is he just like a robot? He's like, oh, my God, you know, but he didn't call it the whole game. The ball was uncatchable. That's to make the that thing. call makes me sick. Here's the thing. If I'm a that referee, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, because they know this. They, they know, these guys know football better than, 10 times better than we do. They know that this is it. It's third and eight. If they don't convert here, they're going to kick the field goal and Philly's going to get the ball. They know this, right? So I'm, an, I'm, 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 I'm a ref and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm saying, okay, I know how I, we called this all day long. We let a little bump and go, a little tug and go here all day long on both sides. I'm not going to do anything different than I've done all day long. So if I'm going to call a, a, a penalty here on Philly on the defense, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure that it's it's like flagrant. That's what I'm going to say to myself because I don't want the outcome of the game. When, that's what you're going to call. And, and you, you didn't self-talk before it. Like, I, you know, I, I just can't, I can't believe. Well, only thing, I, the only thing, I swear to you, Sean, the only thing that comes to my mind is this guy likes Andy Reid and Pat a whole lot more than he likes Nick and, and, and Hurts. Now, Hurts isn't unlikable, but Nick maybe can be, and Philly can be. Philly, a lot of people have the wrong idea about Philly and this and that. So, oh, big old friendly, burly, uh, joy, jolly uh, Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're much more likable. They're much more known. And I said to, dude, I said to you, if we go back and listen to Friday's show. I said, I hope it's not close. I hope it doesn't come down to this. But the only thing I can think of is, is uh, the umpire saying, okay, I got you, Andy. I got you. You know what? They're not getting, they're going to get any. They're, they're not going to get a chance. Or, or he had a hot nut for Philly to begin with, and I'll, I'll get these mother. I'll get these mother efforts. They're not going to get a shot at it. If, they, they better be perfect on. De- they better be freaking perfect on this play. Because if there's any way I can get them, I'm going to f them. Oh, I right here. I and here's the thing too, Sean. You alluded to it a minute ago. First of all, there was no impeding the guy's momentum at all. That's number one. But even if there was, and there wasn't, that ball was way overthrown. Patrick was getting rid of that damn thing. There was no way that, you know, so either way, you can't make that call. Not in that situation. You got to let it play out because you did it that way all game long. It's like an umpire that calls the low outside corner fastball strike all game long. And then a pitcher puts it there in the bottom of the ninth with a full count. And you walk away and you say, a ball. What? You've been calling it a strike all game, dude. And and then you see replay after replay of it right there at the set. So I mean that's what you were that's what you had. You had the inconsistency. Um, because I know I'm gonna tell you something, Shawnee. The way these two offenses were moving the ball, if he gets the ball, if if Hertz gets the ball with a minute fifty-two left, he's at least I and there's no guarantees. There are no guarantees, but I would bet. I would bet heavy money that he at least gets that team in field goal position. At least, probably more, but at least. But that that umpire, that referee, we, were, said, we we got robbed of it. We got robbed of seeing a legendary potential job drive, and also 
Jalen Hurts could be on a trajectory to be like Tom, not like Tom Brady, but just like that you know, young QB who gets his first Super Bowl. We already saw Mahomes win. We want to see Jalen Hurts win one now. Like they, they robbed yeah. him. And Jalen, the moment wasn't too big for him. It's not like, well, he'd be scared. No, he wasn't scared at all. He wasn't scared at all. That's why another reason why, look, it hurt at her, dude, it hurt. And if they, if they give him, if they, if they don't make the call and he kicked the field goal and he gets the ball 152 left, I really, really, really think we're having a much different conversation today. I really do, Sean. I really, really do. Because I, I don't think they just get down in the field goal range. I think that's more. Okay. When we're having, we are having, a, but just the fact that, yeah, that's feasible because we're that good and we're that young and we have uh, a quarterback, we're getting a quarterback that's competent, that's smooth, that's not afraid. And did you see some of the throws he was making? And then we're still going to have a running game. I just didn't like the fact that they didn't run the ball enough yesterday, well, I think the, but the they problem, were overplaying the run. But I, yeah. I, we got a good team and the future looks bright. That's what, that's the only reason I'm not going ballistic today. Yeah. The weird, the weird part was uh, at one point, Miles Sanders had two carries for negative two yards. Like they gave up on him just because he got stuffed at the hole a couple of times. Like, Keep giving your workhorse the ball. Yeah, I, 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 I it seems like this Steichen guy, who's going to be the coach of the Colts. Um, it, I, I don't know why he did. Now it worked; they kept the ball for long periods of time. But I just felt like they could have really physically just hammered them and tired them out if they kept if they kept running the ball, so that by the fourth quarter. They could have just the floodgates would have opened because that's the way it works, but they didn't. They wanted to hold the ball by throwing it, and they executed. They executed. It worked. But what are you going to do? It's just one of those things. It's it's and at the end of the day, I don't care what we're saying here. At the end of the day, the fumble that you gave them seven points on the fumble, and you basically gave them seven points on your inability to to punt and to cover the punt. You know so. But and you don't need either one of those, just one of those not happening, and you probably still win. But they say they made too many mistakes, and the other guys really didn't make that many at all, if any. They kind of like, you know. Now, all that being said, all that being said, we're coming right back to that call. If the guy lets them play the way he's been letting them play all day long, they don't call that ticky-tack bullshit because that's what it is. It was a bullshit of ball bullshit calls. It was re- goddamn ridiculous. If they don't make that call, they kick a field goal. We get it with 152 back. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, the least of the Chiefs' problems would be the Eagles coming down and kicking a field goal. Because I think they come back and I think they win the game. Yeah. I do. Um, the, the referee's name, by the way, is Carl Sheffers. Well, Carl Sheffers. Um, he says, this is his, this is he, every, every ref has an excuse like this. He says the receiver went to the inside and he was attempting to release to the outside. The defender grabbed the Jersey with his right hand and restricted him from releasing to the outside. So therefore we called defensive holding. Okay. Idiot. We know that we know this right. call holding on every play in the NFL. This was the Super Bowl. This was a crucial game. This was a, this was a key play. This decided the whole game and you made that call. And Sean, just, there, there's grabbing a Jersey. Bad. There's grabbing a jersey and then there's 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 grabbing it, right? There was a little tug. He let go right away. It was barely pre- I mean, he took it, took the jersey, pulled it a little, let go right away before any, you know, there was no momentum change for that receiver whatsoever. And here's the big telltale. Orlovsky 
Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky pointed this out earlier today. He said, this Schuster fella, when the receiver, when he was done his route, he just walked off the sideline like, okay, we didn't get it. And he's walking. He did not display the normal. And you know, these receivers, if they feel like they're being tugged, even a little bit, you got arms raised, you got this and that, you got nothing, nothing to indicate that Schuster felt like he was impeded whatsoever because he wasn't. It was an opportunity. It was an opportunity for this this umpire to either be really, really nice and friendly to Patrick and, and, and Andy and give them the Super Bowl. Or it was an opportunity for them to stick it up the ass of Sirianni or the Philly fan or Philly or whoever. One of the two was either done in very great generosity or great spite. I can't believe it was. I can't believe it was just a regular thought. Like no, I I can't believe that. Yeah, can't believe it. Um, you want to hear something crazy? The Eagles didn't have any sacks throughout the whole game. I know. That's what I said to you earlier. They didn't. They didn't get any sacks. And Andy Reid did a great job of scheming up protections because that's what he used to do with the green Bay Packers way before the Eagles even discovered him. He was uh, a offensive line coach and he did a great, he, that's, that's his roots. Uh, so he had two weeks to develop a lot of schemes, uh, blocking schemes for the, the offensive line to for protection, protection schemes. And he, he did a damn good job there. Now also the God darn slick field didn't help either. I mean, when you get a slick field, like if it's snowing yeah, or something, complaining about that field, they said it was horrible. Right. Well, when you, if you get a slick field, this is different, differently slick. It's slick for different reasons. But like if you're playing just a game in middle of November or wherever, and it starts sleeting somewhere, and you know the footing gets, you know who it, you know who the first people to did it affects it affects the pass rush. Yeah. Because it's all torque and leverage. And I just sit here thinking, my God, of all of all the things that we talked about, plus that, plus that, because I just can't. I, I give Gandy credit. He probably developed a lot of it, probably, you know, looked and, and developed a lot of good, good protection schemes during those two weeks. To, you know, but my God, no sacks. You're telling. And you know what? Where it really affects you, where it really affects you is round in the corner, like each defensive end. Each of the, if there's weaknesses on the, the Chiefs offensive line, it's each tackle. So, and, and the strengths on each side are our defensive ends. It's like, my God, can anything else go against us? We need our guys to have full, full grip and full traction. And we're getting this shit. We're, and because they, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you that everything's happened. That's why I'm not too bummed because I know I said to you before the game, we have the better squad. And I still say we have the better football team. Yeah. They beat us. We didn't. We didn't win the game, but we have the better that. football team. I'm sorry. I still say that. You guys had 35 minutes of possession, or 36, about 36 minutes time of possession. They only had 24 minutes. Um, it was a cleanly played game. I mean, yeah. you guys had six penalties for 33 yards. So your last and final penalty was a uh, added up to 33 yards. They had three penalties for 14 yards. Um, each team only punted twice. No interceptions thrown. Um, you know, they had two sacks on you, including that, you know, that, that big fumble by Jalen was huge, but, um, you guys really just on paper, you know, except for that yes. big turnover, you guys, you guys really just dominated. If you look at, if you look at the score sheet and say, which one of these teams won the game, anybody would say, oh, that, that team had had to win. They didn't though. Cause it was just, it, dude, 
the seven it's like it's like if Jalen stood there and said here run this into the end zone take yourself seven points I mean I'm not obviously that wasn't what he you know and I'm, I'm sure he feels bad about it and he's human he made a mistake it happened it should have never happened to begin with because it should have been third and one but that unfolded the way it did and then that punt that punt that put them at first and goal at the four uh and then then I know that's a tough place to be as a defense. Like now you're first and four at the goal line, like right by the goal, you're first, first and goal at the four. Sorry, defense. Uh, I know it's a tough position to be in, but they got fooled twice on that same play. Once to the right, once to the left where that receiver was wide open. I mean, they can't let that happen. That's why uh, that I was really angry about this. Devonta Smith. I had him scoring a touchdown um, and I had Jalen Hurts scoring a touchdown. Devonta Smith called a pass right near the end zone. He just went out of bounds at like the one yard line. What? And it didn't even look like he was that on off balance and he knew where he was. That was odd. That was odd. I think Jalen, and I think Jalen had a great game. If Jalen puts that ball, uh, you know, three yards, four yards in front of him, where because he had to slow down. If he just pangs that ball a little deeper, I guess sometimes they say, quarterbacks say, that the toughest guy to hit sometimes is the guy that's downfield wide the hell open believe it or not, because you don't want to mess it up. It's like right there. So you're a little more aim than you do just normal. Um, It it could have been thrown a little deeper and and he catches it in stride and he hits his head on the goalpost, but it was what it was. It was a little underthrown. He had to come back to it. And then he just kind of, he did. He just kind of lost his balance. I was very strict because such a talented receiver like Devonta, I was very confused. I was like, wait, I mean, I, I won, I won a lot of bets last night. I won some good money, but I was just, I, that's like the only bet that I lost. The only bet that I lost was Eagles money line. And then the, the friggin' Devonta Smith, you know, was so close to scoring. So those two bets, um, anyway, it was a great game. Unfortunate ending. Uh, the ref is honestly should be in witness protection. I'm not saying anybody go hurt the ref at all. Please don't, please don't hurt this man. Please don't threaten this man either. Cause I know. The no, guys, no, and, and this is coming from an Eagle fan. I don't know what the guy, I don't know what it was, but you know what, man, I mean, and I'm, there are no guarantees, but um, well, I, I sure I, I sure would have liked to seen what what this kid would have done with a minute fifty two and that ball starting at his own twenty five and only needing to get to about the twenty five, you know, so yeah. only needing fifty it's, yards uh, for this offense. Shit, it's a. Uh, I don't want this guy to be injured or harmed in any way, but I will say I want him to live with this the rest of his life, and I don't want him to be a ref next year at NFL. I want the NFL to suspend the ref. That's how bad it was. Suspend it. What I'd like is all the referees to look at this and say, look, guys, you if you really want to vouch for him and you really want to say, oh, well, by the letter of the law, he, you were not living by, quote, the letter of the law the entire game. Cons- consistency is all these players really look for. It was no laundry thrown pretty much all game long. It was not a holding call whatsoever the whole game long. And that's the play you're going to throw the first holding? That one there? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I want the referees to look and say, guys, sometimes we do have to understand the situation we're in, what a call is going to mean to either team at this situation. And if so, I mean, think of the game you're in. Think of the, the situation. Think of how far along in the game you're in. And think of what a call is going to do to the whole game now that being said if it's a flagrant you gotta call it right you gotta call it if it's not flagrant and it's close and you've been doing it all day leaving it go you gotta be consistent 
I hope the officials learn something from this. I really, really do. Well, did you um, see that? Remember a couple of years ago, the San Francisco, I think it was the New Orleans San Francisco game where the guy literally got tackled. The defender, yes. the quarterback tackled like the receiver. It was the Ram Saints. It was the Ram Saints. And it was um, it was so blatant, the pass interference. It was the year the Eagles won because Kamara said he could have messed around and they would have beat the Eagles. I don't think he would have beaten the Eagles that year. But Kamara said some bullshit like that. Kamara runs off with his mouth. But um, he said, oh, that's what I wish we would have. I think it was that year. Or maybe it was the year the Rams got in and they lost that boring-ass Super Bowl. That's what it was, I think. Yeah, it was the year the Rams got in and they lost that boring Super Bowl, like 8-6 to six or something against the Patriots. But it was in New Orleans. Um, Drew Brees throws a pass to the right side and the Rams guy comes over and cleans the clock of the Saints receiver before the ball even got there. And even with the replay, they don't, I, I forget what it was, whether they didn't replay it or they replayed or whatever. And they, well, I think, was, I think at the time it was an unreviewable play. That's why the next year they changed the rule. That's what it was. Yeah. Those calls. yeah, that's what it was. So anyway, you know, this episode has gone long enough. Joe, I'm sorry the Eagles lost. I uh, feel Thank for you. you Sean. I'm genuinely sad for you because it would have been, you know, nice to have another. You guys did win in 2018, but still, this would have been cool. Um, yeah. Hey, and, uh, like you said in the beginning, it's sunny on one side of the street here. We're young and talented, so yeah. we'll be back. Absolutely, man. Um, so as far as the show goes, I'm glad everyone's listening. Um, you know, unfortunate ending to the Super Bowl. We're all thinking about it. Um, but you know, as the lyrics in the beginning of the show say, um, I want to know, have you ever seen the rain? You know, sometimes you have to see the rain to realize, appreciate the sunny days, you know, yep. but, uh, Joe, the floor is yours. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. They just seem a little bit weird. Good night. Take care. <laughs>